Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, and thank you for tuning in to Relationship Wednesdays. I'm Dr. Nefertiti Noel. And I'm Darren Noel. And we are here for part two of Trust Issues, and this uh, week is question and answer. Last week we went through a list of things that could lead to trust issues, kind of what the definition of trust is, and um, we started to answer some questions. So we, we ended last week's show with some excuse me, leftover questions that we wanted to go through. So a couple of things. If you're tuning in to us for the first time, I run a thriving private practice outside of Chicago, Illinois. We're a full-service behavioral health. We do everything from medication management, um, individual group, family, and organizational therapy, as well as image building. Uh, Darren? You're here in the world associates. I focus on life coaching, career counseling, and resume consults. All right, good stuff. There, let's do a, a little bit of a review. Last week we talked about the definition of trust and um, what trust was. So the definition of trust that we had was, let me let me pull it up and, and give it to you. Trust is, I don't see the definition that we were that we were actually using of trust last week, but it was putting faith in someone else. It was being able to rely on someone's character or, right. or giving someone charge of something. Um, that you're a part of. And really we're looking at lack of trust and not just everybody has some kind of trust because you have to uh, build up that trust when you meet somebody. You extend a generic level of trust to your people you meet, coworkers, someone you meet on the street. But that uh, intimate type of level of trust is gained over time, gained over experiences that you gather with one another. But when somebody has an issue with trust or trust issues, it's when does their level of trust is interfering really with their relationships, meaning they're questioning when there's no real reason to question, they're doubting people's word when there's no history of that person was, was lying at all, they're uh, questioning someone's whereabouts when there's no history of that, there's no real reason to question those things. What's actually interfering with relationships and building healthy relationships. That's really when the trust issues need to be really, really cut out and be addressed. Absolutely. And we talked about the fact that there's – so there you can have trust issues and legitimately have those, those concerns. Right. For example, if someone's had a series of affairs on your life, you or stole money from you, you may rightfully still have trust issues. And so we started to talk about if, if those trust issues are there, do you manage it? Can you manage it? Can you rebuild trust? Do you stay in a relationship or do you go? Right. And I think that's, that's a decision each couple or relationship, the folks in the relationship are going to have to make, is based on the trust violation, is the relationship salvageable or not? Salvageable. Salvageable or not. All right. What are some of the topics and things we hit on last week? Okay. So we talked about um, when, you, when you're trying to trust somebody, okay, that you have to build that level of trust. Again, it's good. initially you get a certain level of trust to everybody, and then it builds up over time. But, again, once that's broken, you have to evaluate the relationship and say, hey, is the relationship salvageable or not? Or, you know what, we, we need to go ahead and part ways. Well, that's a decision that each couple is going to need to make or – Every, each person in a relationship is going to need to make on their own. Absolutely. Okay? What else did we go over? We also talked about if you look at the root cause of trust issues, it tends to go back to some type of past betrayal. Possibly. Possibly. Because that okay, was a discussion, right. you know, discussion yeah. we had. You know, one topic is every, if someone has trust issues, okay, the root cause of most trust issues go back to some type of past betrayal. Not necessarily by that person, but someone's been hurt in the past by some type of betrayal, and now they're extending those trust issues out to that one person who betrayed them or to somebody else. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes people can mis- misunderstand if you're inquisitive or if you question where they are, 
because that's a trust issue. You only ask me where I went because you don't trust me. But people, some people like more details than other people. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. So we also started getting into the different types of relationships and uh, the level of intimacy you have relationships, the difference between a boyfriend and girlfriend, beyond say, difference between a married couple and what level of access, what level of trust you extend to them. And it, it will change and increase as your level of intimacy increases in the relationship. Absolutely. Okay? So we said, like, what we talked about was, like, passwords and access to social media, cell phone. You know, hey, if someone's married, they get that level of trust. Someone who's just a boyfriend or girlfriend, we said, you know what, they're not going to get getting passwords and email access and stuff like that. Why? Because you don't have that, that covenant made yet. Okay, you're just boyfriend and girlfriend. You don't want them having access to all your social media activities because, you know what, they don't haven't earned this and they have not earned that level of trust yet. Absolutely. So let's go over it. We've got some, some additional questions this week, so I'm yeah. going to read um, the first question, and then, Darren, I'm going to let you go into answering it. Now, if you have issues, if you're listening to some of these questions and it sounds familiar to you, it sounds like something you've been through, or you're, you're saying to yourself, I've got these trust issues and I really need some more detailed help on what to do, then you need to call our office and see about getting uh, therapy. Our number is 630-428-2344 at the office, or you can go to our website, www.noelandassociatesallspelledout.com. Also, if you have questions specific tonight and you want to ask that question on air, um, our telephone number is 323-693-3835. Again, to call in tonight, our number is 323-693-3835. Yeah, please give us a call. So the first question says, I have been dating a woman for two years. Prior to me, she was cheated on by her husband. This resulted in her divorce. Trust is a major issue. She accuses me of cheating constantly. I have tried to be as open as possible. I give her my schedule. She has access to my social media, but it's not enough. Are there any ways that you can suggest to help her trust me? That, that's a great question. That's tough because the, love, the trust issues, again, is not necessarily something that this person did, but it was ex- extended on him based on someone else's prior action. So, one, I would have a conversation with the wife and, and then, uh, you know, is there any reason or any activities that I have done that cause you not to trust me, okay? Because maybe there is some reason, according to what the gentleman thinks he doesn't think there is, but I would clarify that. Is there anything that I've done that warrants this level of un- mistrust toward me and have that conversation? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, have that conversation. The next level you could do is, okay, I've given you access to uh, social media, you know, my schedule. What more can I do to help you feel uh, resolve the trust issues that you have in me for whatever reason? You know, now you say, hey, it's not because of you, it's because my past hurts. What else can I do to help um, help bridge the gap so you can actually trust me? And ask them, hey, I've done these, these five things, whatever the case may be, a schedule, passwords. You know what's going on. I call you every day when I come into work. I'll let you know when I'm leaving. Whatever the situation is, what more can I do? Yeah, I think one of the big things that couples have to do in trust issues are, are in the relationship and damaging the relationship is to seek some outside professional help. And in this particular situation, it sounds like if she was cheated on before, she, I mean, literally, you could have not picked up your cell phone and maybe that was something her ex-husband did and now she's thinking, that you're doing the same thing. Right. And one of the things I think that happens a lot when people get divorced or they get out of long-term relationships is they get into new relationships way too quick. And then the partner feels like, well, I have to be that hero. I have to be that person that doesn't let her or him down. I have to be the one to make them believe in love again. And my thought process is that 
It's not your job to make them believe in you. It's your job to be dependable, transparent. I mean, it sounds like if you're if everything you're saying is going how you're saying it's going, you're giving her everything you can, and it's not enough. You don't want to set yourself up um, to be proving yourself for the rest of your marriage, not in an arena such as trust. Right. I mean, like if you want to prove that you can be a good, I mean, you constantly have to prove that you can be a good provider, I mean, because bills always have to be paid. But if trust, which is a foundation, is something that you all can't stand on, before you get married, you might want to suggest that she seeks some therapy. And then you may want to be looking at some of the reasons that um, that you're trying to save her. I mean, it, I mean, yes, women want to be saved theoretically, but I, I don't want you to be punished, even though every relationship we kind of punish the, the, the next guy or girl for what kind of happened in the last relationship, then you all need to sit down and have some open conversations about how you feel. You need to tell her that, listen, my schedule and the like is open to you, but if you can't trust me, then it's possible that, that, that maybe you need to move on. I'm glad you brought that up. I was looking back when you talked about they're not married yet, which is key. They haven't been dating, so they're not married yet. So you have time. You haven't said that covenant yet. So you know what? If this is going to be the, like this for the rest of my life, is that really what you're looking for? And that's something you have to decide. Hey, you know what? I want to be able to have a trusting relationship, a trusting marriage. I don't want to have to have this mistrust for the rest of my life. So you need to get the resolve. Like I said, maybe go see some professional therapy on it as a, as a couple before you do the I do's, and then, you know, then, then you're already in that situation. Absolutely, absolutely. And right. I don't want people to get the, the feeling that we're saying, well, if you're not there, then you don't deserve rights to this and that, and you don't have to prove anything. You do. You have to be consistent. You have to be loving. Those, whatever your, your partner needs that's within the law, so to speak, those are things that you can do. But if you're finding out that there are huge big issues in a relationship before you commit your life to that person. If it's something too big for you to work on or if you're feeling like you can't manage it, you definitely just don't want to walk into that relationship that way. It's right. like if you if you were to go and buy, I mean, I don't want to compare people to houses, but if you were going to go and buy a new house and you saw a hole in the roof, but the guy said, don't worry about the hole, you know, I, we can get that fixed after we get married. I mean, it's only, I mean, after we <laughs> move in, it's only so many things you can do to prepare, you know, to right. get the house ready. So it's the same with the relationship. If if, uh, if an issue is too big and you're talking about it and trying to make efforts to work on it and it's not going anywhere, it's okay to say maybe we can be friends, maybe we need to move on, maybe we're not a good fit. Because guess what? There's going to be more issues after you get married. You are just going to so now you're, you're married, you're really trying, you're living together in the same household, more things come up, oh, I didn't realize you did this, I didn't realize you did that. So there's going to be more issues that are going to come up that you guys don't need to work through. Right, so you don't want to go in with, like, right. a huge Major, boulder, right. like a big hole in the back of your head right. saying that, well, it'll be okay, you know, we could, you know, it, I like the draft. I mean, you want to go in and say, listen, we've got, every couple has issues, but it doesn't always have to be so big, Agreed. you know? Okay. Next question says, in the past, this person's writing, in the past they were a cheater. This went on for years. The person says, I have stopped that behavior, but now my wife has found out about the affair after attending an event and being told by some of our old friends. When she asked me about it, I was honest. Now she is threatening to leave because she says she can't trust me. Why do I have to be punished for something that happened years ago? And now I have stopped the behavior before she even found out. Well, one, she found out. So let me just check out the problem. Right. Here it sounds like the young person, or the, I don't know if they're young, I mean it's anonymous, is saying that they were cheating for years, they've been right. married for years, they were cheated for years, they stopped the behavior. Right. They went to a social event. While at the event, I guess a friend brought up to the wife, oh, so-and-so's been cheating on you for years. Right. Wife confronted him. He was honest about it, and now she's starting to leave. So he's feeling like, I stopped the behavior, I fixed the behavior before she got to, to, to even know about it, 
Why am I being punished now? That's what I'm saying. Like, well, really, she has the right to decide on that once she gets the information presented to her, right? Out of this, this statute of limitations left on, on cheating relationships. So as soon as that person finds out about it, they have the right to decide whether that's they're okay and want to work through it, or you know what, that's grounds for divorce for me. You know, I'm going to say this. The information is old to you, right? but it's new to her. Exactly. And not only is it new to her, she's being informed of it by third-party people. Absolutely. Not even the person that was involved in these series of affairs, but, you know, a couple of friends that knew that you were dipping out and she didn't know about it. So she can't even deal with it in a confined area of privacy. It's out there in public. And once it goes public, and, and this is why you're still paying for it, because once an issue that goes public, a person cannot hide anymore and keep up the, vac- the facade. Now the issue yeah. is up. They don't have a covering anymore. Right. The second thing is she's just finding out. It's not like you were behaving this way. Then you said, listen, I've been cheated. Let me talk to you. Right. Let me bring this to you so you don't hear from a third party. You let her find out willy-nilly when you knew I, ha- I have to believe you knew that the people knew. That's my, that's my question. You, there's you have to know that these friends knew about this. And so obviously, if they know about it, it's going to come out. Absolutely. In some form or fashion, in some time or another, it is going to come so out. So, like, for example, you having an affair with other people is never going to be a secret long term because somebody's going to write it out. Now, if you were to say, hey, I used to masturbate, that's a secret. Right. Nobody knows about Only that. You, you and your hand, nobody has to know. But when you're telling me, that friends know, which sounds like, and I'm speculating, they had to have, you had to have been talking about it, laughing right. about it, your homegirl, boys knew about it, they told the other people, and it got out. So she's basically being laughed at, and she's the last to know. Right. Now she's like, everybody knew this for years, so that's how she feels. I've been laughed at behind my back for years. Mm-hmm. Not to mention that she's going through all the emotions like, she, like it happened today. Absolutely. So that's like telling, you know, it's just like a credit report. Hey, that was six years ago. Why am I still being being punished? Because the credit report has a lifespan. Right. It's still, it's still, it's still and when we're affected by something, like for example, when I was a kid, I didn't think about this. When I was voting, it wasn't big, not voting, but when my parents were voting, I didn't, I, could, I didn't even understand what taxes meant. When I got my first check, that's when taxes meant something to me. <laughs> right. That's when I was like, well, who's FICA? Right, right. <laughs> I don't even know. Who like, Why are they taking money? And that's when I was, so when I got the information is when I realized that it was an important issue. Absolutely. And so now that she's got the information, it's important issue. So things that you can do, because number one, I commend you for correcting your behavior before you got found out. Right. So one of the things you might want to talk to her about is what is the thought process behind you making the changes that you made? Ooh. Number two, what is the thought process behind not telling her? I mean, were you yeah. afraid of this reaction? Right. Number three, how does everybody at the social – I don't even know how that comes up. But right, okay. right, right. So how does that – how does your social how do they know understand? About like, how do they know about it? you take her to dinners and dates? And be prepared for her to make shifts in friendship. She may say, if, if Susie Snowflake and Sammy Sambo – Knew about this and still were well, my friend. I can't tolerate that. Absolutely. They knew about this for five years, came over to our house, ate dinner, and house, went out together, and never said anything. And they knew about it the whole time. It's going to be to her feelings. Nor do you even know how they present You may know, but how they presented it to her. And I don't know if, you know, was one of your ex lovers there? And she was like, wait a minute, don't get too friendly with her because this is, I, I heard. But you don't know if it might not have been done maliciously, right. but it, it might have just come out. Or it might have been done maliciously. Right. You don't know. I don't but, know. But either way, malicious or not, is the truth, right? right? Because you answered the question. You started with honesty. 
you know, against this time, finish with the honesty. Tell the truth. And she has the right to make a, a, a response to that. Absolutely. Okay, next question. All right, next question. Why is trust such a big deal? Everybody lies. We are people. So shocked. Why are people so shocked when someone else lies? Because nobody likes to be lied nobody, to. Nobody wants to be lied to. Nobody's shocked that they lie. Right. When you give, when you get change back from, from paying something, you expect to get the right change back, right? When you when you uh, go to fill out a job application, they say you're gonna get, they're gonna pay you such and such a salary. You expect to see that money in their paycheck. You know, say, so wait a minute, this is half what we agreed to. It's a problem. All right. I don't get some analysis, bro. If I sign, if I sign a, a job for fifty thousand dollars a year, I expect to see that, that that's the amount of money I'm going to get on my whatever that divide up on every paycheck. So why is trust such a big deal? Everybody lies. Why are people so shocked when someone else lies? Every I guess everybody lies in some form or fashion. Okay, but they're expecting that people are being told the truth. I'd say ninety percent of the time, ninety to ninety-five percent of the time, you expect someone to tell you the truth. Okay. Mm-hmm. When it's less than that, and someone's like say on the seventy percent category of telling the truth, it becomes a problem. People are shocked because they want to be able to depend on someone else's word, whether or not can, whether or not you can depend on theirs. That's just the bottom line. Okay. People want, in my opinion, people want to be able to take you at face value. Even though people may say, "I have trust issues," "I don't trust anybody," in general, people still trust. In general, people are still expecting and hopeful that you're going to do what they consider to be the right thing, whatever that thing may be. And people are hurt when they're lied to because in general, so people may expect their job to lie. People may expect the bus driver to lie. People may expect the coach to lie. But people feel like, well, if I, I don't lie to people that are close to me. I don't lie about people I care about. So people okay. want people generally when you're being lied to by somebody you, generally, the homeless man isn't lying to you because you don't, he doesn't care what you think or not think. Right. It's generally someone in your sphere of influence that's telling you a lot because they want to influence your behavior. And because of that, you may make changes on what you do, and so we all get upset when we've made a change in our life and someone is not upset about something. So you think the level of, of relationship, we expect more integrity of people in our culture too? I think we expect integrity just in general. As much as we say the world's crazy and the world's saying, but Do you think we expect more more uh, integrity. Uh, I know we do. We're closer to. I know oh, we do. Okay, I'm yeah. asking the question. Who doesn't? I expect my mom to be more honest than the lady across the street with me, anyway. Right, that's what I was talking about. And her daughter expects her to be more honest with her than with the other lady across the street. You know, like okay. people are expecting those in our close sphere, unless you know, you know, like your dad is a pathological liar, so you expect him to lie. But in general, we're expecting for people to care about us to like. Tell us the truth. It's kind of like the old saying, there's honor among thieves. People steal from other people, but I wouldn't steal from you, that kind of a thing. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Next question. I told my best friend a secret. She's the only one I told. Late last week, someone in my math class asked me about the events that only my friend could have told them. I confronted her, and my friend admitted that she told, but said it was no big deal and that I was being too... Too sensitive. Now I feel like I can't trust her. I'm not even sure I want to stay friends. How can I back out of the friendship without seeming petty? I don't think you have to seem petty. Say, hey, you share this in confidence with the person. Okay, you expected them not to communicate it. You, I feel I don't have a problem with just backing out. Say, you know what? I, you know, I don't feel comfortable. That level of trust is broken now. And we're going to have, you know, I'm not going to be returning phone calls. We're not going to be hanging out anymore. You have broken the, uh, the rules for my friendship. I don't know that there needs to be an announcement. You know, when and, and I know that you're young. So teenagers a lot of times want to make these announcements about, you hurt my feelings, um, 
I'm not going to be your friends anymore. And when we're younger, I think we all play victim of the drama that friendships can have. The relations, the, the reality of it is, is that you can just let the summer happen, and once the summer is through and you haven't called her back, she'll get the message that she's not your friend. Fair enough. And I don't necessarily think it's petty, but if you're concerned about how what she's thinking and how she feels, just enjoy your summer and forget about whatever it is that you've got going on. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't worry about it. No, it'll be over soon. That's kind of how I would, I would take it. Um, no, I agree. The next person says, I have a supervisor at work that is also a friend. I called her sick last week but posted some vacation pics on Facebook. He told me that this was grounds for suspension, and I feel like I can't trust him. He says that my line made me untrustworthy. Any thoughts? Absolutely. One, I don't miss. I don't mix uh, work and and, uh, and social and friendship social media together. You know, me personally, I have friends and uh, acquaintances, family on Facebook, any kind of coworkers and stuff like that. You know, they go to LinkedIn. That's just me personally. So I don't mix it. So I don't have anybody who I'm associated with work with on my social. Well, I'm just talking about friendship and general talking about stuff like that. I just don't mix it. Me personally, I would. Drop that person as soon as they became my boss, and now we're in that work relationship. You drop it off the friendship queue because guess what? That's what supervisors do. Okay, that's the job of a supervisor. Okay, that relationship changed once he became your supervisor. So he cannot maintain just that quote unquote friend relationship once he becomes your supervisor. Okay, it's his duty as his job to point things out that are wrong. And guess what? If he sees a violation, he has to bring it up. Otherwise, he has put himself in trouble with his boss. Okay, so you'd have you'd have to move away from it. Guess what? You know what? I realize our relationship is going to change. We're not going to just be the same buddy buddy friendship that we work now that you're in a supervisor position. It's going to have to change. You know, I think that people misunderstand friendship. Um, friendship does not mean lying for you. At least not in my world. Mm-hmm. Friendship doesn't mean that I'll risk my job for you. You know, I know a lot of people say, that's my best friend, I would die for them. People don't really mean that. I just want to be really clear with you. People don't really mean that. And if his job is up against the, the wall because of what happened on Facebook for you, why would you expect him to do any less than to protect his family and what they have to eat? Absolutely. You made a mistake. When he got to be supervisor, you should have said, listen, dude, no disrespect, but now that you're going to be my supervisor, I'm going to just bow out of Facebook. I mean, that's it. Or you could have changed his, your privacy feeds. You know, the issue with social media is it gives such a full picture of somebody else's life because folk are putting up on Facebook stuff that you you never will come to work and say, hey, I got drunk in Las Vegas. But they're able to look on Facebook and see a picture of you with a beer in your hand. Drunk and so, in Las Vegas. Right. So people see things that you didn't tell. So I don't think you intended for him to see it. And I don't know that he intended to see it. And believe me, it, and this is not a one-off. This happens frequently. I've been at jobs where uh, one of my employees, another manager who happened to be uh, friends with somebody, one of my employees, said, hey, your employee who's off just posted up. He said he's out sick. He just posted up. He's at the, at the baseball game. Okay? So now okay, we got to deal with this person. So this is not a one-off, folks. So this, this issue with social media and, and jobs and what people have the visibility of, it's not, it's not changing. It's getting more and more intense. You've got to be wise on how you handle social media and your work and yeah. who's on, who's, who you have as a friend. And I think you have to grow up. Just because the category says friend on Facebook doesn't make this a friend. Right. And you also have to realize that social media is here to stay. So what you post, could, 
Even if you deleted it, he could have saved that picture seconds before you got to delete it. You've really got to be thinking about what you're doing. Absolutely. You cannot willy-nilly, and I'm getting so passionate about this because people do it all the time. You willy-nilly post things. You put up photos you shouldn't. You, you have a Facebook fight. You have a Twitter war. And then when there are repercussions, you say, well, my privacy was violated. I think not because you put it on a public location. And if, why would you put stuff up like this, like I said, in a public location? If you call public, it sick, right. you need no pictures on why, your face. Why would you do that? You, why would you talk bad about your boss, I hate my boss, and put it on social media? Why would you do that? Someone's going to see that. Okay, a co-worker, hey, look what, look what uh, Bobo just said about you. It gets back to him. And, you just, and even, especially summer, spring, I'm not saying that things don't go awry fall, winter, but people are more conservative fall, winter. Summer and spring, people are at the Rear Fest, you're at the Cincinnati Fest, you're doing all these things. You only got two weeks off of work, but you, you need three, so you go in the bathroom and throw up, and then you come back and say you're sick. If you're going to be doing those kind of, like, irresponsible things, you just can't post them. You just got to stop yourself from putting it up. Your life should not be that public. I know everybody wants to be on their own talk show and have their life exposed, but these things get folk in trouble. And so to me, this is no different than when you were a kid and, and your mom said, don't put those things on the locker, don't write that stuff in right. the bathroom. It's the same thing. It's just a broader base of people seeing it. So if you do not want it publicized, do not put it on Facebook. Absolutely. Plain and simple. Next All right. question. Next question says, um, during the fight with my husband, I needed support and direction. I consulted with my parents. Recently, my father pulled my husband aside and told him that he was disappointed in his behavior. My husband was calm with my father, but was so livid when he got home that he slept on the couch. He says he can't trust me, but I don't want to be isolated from my family. How can we build, how can we rebuild trust? No, he has told me not to talk about our issues with my parents. So it like he told you ahead of time. No, he's telling it later, I think. Oh, it's telling it later. Yeah. Okay. We talk about this relationship bubble in, in other shows, and that's up at home. You talk about Dr. Well. But that discussion between the husband and wife needs to stay with the husband and wife. Does okay. not need to bring the parents involved in it. Let me caveat a little bit and say this. There are situations in a relationship where one or one or more of the partners, the spouse may not know what to do. Okay. And so seeking outside support may be necessary. And I, I know people say, Dr. No, we keep plugging therapy. But this is the role of therapy because in therapy we are duty-bound not to talk about these issues. Okay. Your mom and dad aren't duty-bound to do that, number one. Number two, I don't know what the issue is. If he was physically abusive to you, you're darn right your father should have said something to your, your husband to let him know that, he, that you're, he's being watched, so to speak, and he's not going to be alone. You use the word, I don't want to be isolated. It means, it sounds to me like you feel like things are going on and you have no outreach, you have no one you can talk to. So if, if he's saying that you can't talk to your parents, then I get that because no grown-up wants to be pulled to the side. And the only reason I caution to say some things you have to tell, and I'm big on the bubble. I always talk about the bubble. Yes, you do. The reason I say some things have to be told is when I look at murders in the news, Scott Peterson, all the other Peterson guy, another guy that killed his wife, Many of them were keeping secrets about what was happening to them, and they ended up dead. So if it's a safety violation, I don't think that needs to be a secret. But if it's we got into a fight and he did this and he said that, then that does need to be kept private. Good point. You hurt my feelings when he said this or something like that. You know, I, I know people that keep secrets about rape, the husband raped the kids. That's not a secret. That's, oh, that's not a privacy issue. Right. So I think what your husband is saying is, I don't want my business walking the street, and I get that. But as a spouse, you have to look at, is this a safety issue or not a safety issue? That's a great point. Okay. 
Um, Vanessa says, I have started to believe that my husband has had an affair. With, with that in mind, I hired a private detective to follow him. Is that unfair to him? What if I find nothing? I don't have, I don't have a problem with that. I mean, if you, if you feel that way and you don't feel like you can have a conversation but you want to find out, I have no problem doing that. But obviously, he, he may have some problems with it if, if he found out to be innocent. If you find nothing, he finds out that you hired a private detective about it. He may feel hurt by that. It depends on the relationship that you guys have. He may say, well, how come you couldn't just ask? So that that could cause a problem for the relationship going forward. You must have a reason that you're feeling that way. If you feel like you have to get a private detective, that's your decision. But let me say this to you. When you get the information, are you ready to act on it? That's all I have to say. Because if you're feeling this way, a lot of times when people feel this way, something gets found out. You know I mean? I've got... I know lots of people that have hired private detectives that have found real information that, that shows that the person's been having an affair. But if you find it out, what do you do? Good question. Good point. Last question, really quick. Oh, we got a lot more, but let me get a quick one. Um, husband took $20,000 out of savings for his mother, but didn't tell me. I found out at the bank going in for another concern. I feel like this is theft since this is money I saved up prior to being with him. I talked to him about it, but then I took him off the account. We are both hurt. What should we do? Um, I think pulling him off the account was the right thing to do. I think it was the best thing to do. I feel like we had a show on finances and love. You, you want to go back and listen to what we talk about with that. But if you've earned money prior to being with him and then you guys just decide to share that money, then you need to have a discussion about what the savings will be used for yep. and, and uh, my husband and I have a, an amount limit. If, a, if we're going to take a certain amount of money outside of the account, then we talk about that before we do it. So you may want to come back to that. Yeah, what was the expectations that the money's going to be used for? What was the agreement that your money was going to be used for? for? And why did he feel like it was okay to say? Because to me, I, I mean, unless you guys are like Bill Gates, $20,000 coming out of an account is a nice chunk of money. And so I think he pretty much knew that, that he should have been doing that. Anyway, we are out of time. Talk to you next week, same time, same place. Right, great week, folks. Bye-bye.